Thursdays are for $12 cupcakes. to episode two of Thursdays are for the girls, a podcast about everything but mostly sports. We're your hosts, Emily, Kennedy, and Molly. And this week we've got a great, fun, exciting, wonderful, beautiful episode for you. How are you guys feeling about this? I'm excited for today. We're going to talk some college football. Our favorite players, our not-so-favorite players, our not-so-favorite coaches. Kind of see where the conversation takes us. This has been an exciting week. There's been a lot going on in our lives. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing, Molly? Great. I just got back to Tuscaloosa. Went home for a little bit. That's exciting. It was a good time. I love that. Got to see my donkey. Kennedy, how are you doing this week? <laughs> I'm doing great. We ha- we got to go back to work this weekend after, I mean, I guess it wasn't that long of not working. It's literally been one single week. We got to work some Alabama soccer. They lost in overtime. It was really sad. How are you this week? I'm well. I'm finally basically caught up in my classes, so that's great. (laughs) Our dog pooped on the leash for the first time yesterday. Milestones, people. It's about the little things. She also learned how to get out of the car by herself. And she's learning how to sit when we tell her to. She doesn't know her name yet, but that's okay. Like, what have you been loving recently, though? Has anything exciting happened in your lives? Okay, I have two things. One, Emily and I went to the store yesterday, and we bought edible cookie dough. We did do that. It's basically gone. And two, The Bachelorette came on tonight. What a time that was. For the first time in a really long time. It was real dramatic at the beginning with all the COVID stuff going on. And then we met some men, some better than others, Let's talk about The Bachelorette, actually. I Let's feel like talk. this is a good topic. Because I have a few, I have a few, a few things to talk about. About The Bachelorette, people, because... Can I go first? Yeah, of course. I have to go first, because this man got out of the limo tonight to meet Miss Claire Crawley. And Molly and I looked at each other and said, that is Emily, if she was ever on this show. My man's name is Bennett. He's from New York City, New York. He is a wealth financial advisor. He showed up in a Rolls Royce. And a scarf. With a scarf on. And he was wearing loafers. He was wearing loafers. Loafers. He looks like... We were trying to explain. Emily said, that's my type of man. He'd just be looking dapper. He looks boring. I don't think... Okay, I think he was boring, but I don't think he looked boring. I think he looked rich. He looked like he was a wealth financial advisor. I have issues with him, but I also like men who wear boots. Did I say his name was Bennett? Yes. All right. On the other hand, we had Mr. West Virginia. Oh, Oh my gosh. Let's talk about Tyler. 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 Well, I'm he, just he here done for got, the rat He done got sent at home. First of all, West Virginia's not real, so that's tough for him. <laughs> yeah. West Virginia, ma'am, mama, you don't exist, so go home. <laughs> <laughs> no, he really sucked. But, you know he didn't suck? Easy. Easy. <laughs> Let's take a trip down. Ba-da-da-bum. Easy Street. Easy Street. Sometimes when you get done talking, 
<laughs> no, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that up. Do I, I just move on and pretend to be No, it's just like the cutest guy. little guy. He was so dapper. And so funny. The pink suit. That was a good look. That was a good look. Um, he did a few like a pew 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 pew. Um, he jumped through a freaking banner. He did. As his entrance. He just said. His name is Easy with a Z. He's just, he was so fun. When What's-His-Face, I don't know his name, but he sk- skydived, skydove. Oh, I liked him too. Pretended to skydive in. Couldn't tell you. And Easy went. I know you didn't skydive here in real life. <laughs> just in the back. I was like, that's that's a funny dude right there. He's um, also the one that said, this is turning into a potluck. Yes. Because everyone started bringing food. What other men did we like? Not I um, Blake. I wrote Blake question mark. Blake was cute. He had the dog. And oh, he, I uh, wrote and I, I wrote, I enjoy Blake a lot. Blake is the one that, like, broke the rules. Yeah, he contacted oh, yeah, her. yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to know who's a winner in my eyes, though? Oh, no. Who? Dale. Okay, well, Dale literally is the winner. Okay, can we tell you? I wrote for Dale. Molly said <laughs> that he is what Aaron Judge thinks he looks like. I'm just saying. I mean, they're not wrong. You want to know who I'm mad about, though? My tall dude. His name is either Jordan or Mike. I have a Jordan and a Mike on I here. also have a Mike. Mike I wrote my favorite, I think. But so, I don't know which one that was. So do we think it was Mike? I think it was Mike because I think I Mike think is the Mike. one that... It called himself a tall drink of water. Yeah. And then she sent him home. He, he was, was like so tall. maybe 6'7". How do you send someone that tall? You know what home? I think about? I when, how do you send know. someone maybe that Maybe he tall doesn't home? have a personality. I think so. I think he did. Yosef got a rose. Yosef! From Sweet Home Alabama. Yosef. Who brought moon pies. And you know what? Yosef has a uh, He brought cookies. Daughter. You know what? Let me let me say this. Moon pies aren't good. All right, no, keep absolutely going. not. Moving on. I don't like them either. They're so bad. They're so bad. As long as that's something we can agree upon. Moon pie. Hmm... Everyone, it is time for tweets of the week. The week, the week, week, week. The first one I have is I found it today. Um, it was on my timeline, but just found out that doing the readings makes you do better in class. <laughs> dot dot dot. Shocked and confused because um yeah I relate to that a lot. Um because you know a student. Can my tweet of the week be my own tweet? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What was your tweet? The other night, after the Ole Miss game ended, I tweeted, This game reminded me of every guy I've ever been with. Really annoying, emotionally draining, definitely sucks, but the situation somehow works out for me in the end. <laughs> okay, well, let me have, let me just do one more favorite. Because this favorite tweet exchange leads into my favorite moment of the week just in general not about sports because obviously we'll talk about favorite top things of the week later but this is my favorite moment of the week and this happened on thursday night the yankees played game four on thursday night molly kennedy and i decided to go to dinner together to celebrate the launch of the first episode of the podcast the Yankees decided to pull Gary Sanchez in a few of the last couple games. And so he wasn't playing in game four. And we were talking about this fact in the car on the way home. And you want to know something? My favorite moment of the week occurred when we were talking about Gary Sanchez in the car 
And I said, Gary Sanchez has not been doing so hot lately. And Molly says, you can't expect much of a man named Gary. <laughs> I mean, and then, <laughs> I was hold on. <laughs> then we got out of the car <laughs> and we went to go rate our Uber driver whose name was Gary. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I, he was so nice too. He knew who my Fulton Evans was, and we really bonded. And then I just, just. And then you said you didn't expect anything out of a man named Gary out loud to a man <laughs> named Gary. I'm really sorry, Gary, the Uber driver. If you're listening to this, this is my personal apology. Why do I always end up apologizing to people on this podcast? Last week it was Tyler Glass. Now this week it's Gary. <laughs> So, Molly, you just stop making fun of people's names is the moral of this story. But that was my favorite yeah. moment of the week. <laughs> yes, it was an exchange on Twitter because I tweeted about it after. So, yeah. so it counts. And those were your tweets of the week. The week. The week. 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 All right. Let's, let's move on to sports. This week we're talking college football. It's we're we just got through week six, which I did have to technically I'm gonna admit this right now, Google which week it technically is of college football because some conferences started before other conferences and so I literally was like, What week in college right. football are we in? in week three? Sure, we're in week six though, uh-huh. according to the AP poll. Four? I think we're in week no, this coming weekend is week four. Yeah. What a day. I don't even Saturday really know where to start. Around. We, we turned Let's start the TV in the morning. on. Yeah. Let's start in the morning. We turned the TV on right at 8 for college game day and didn't turn it off until well past 10 p.m. We watched a lot of football. So much football. Lots of touchdowns. We had three meals at our house, two TVs. It was just a, a day full of events and things. It was a good day, though. It was a good day. We watched a lot of touchdowns, not a lot of defense. Oh, my gosh. So we kicked things off 11 a.m. Central Time, the Red River rivalry, the Big 12. How do we feel about cupcake football? I... Uh, hang on. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Red River... <laughs> the Red... <laughs> Give me a second, because I'll do it. The Red River... <laughs> the Red... Can we keep all these tries in, please? The Red River Rivalry. <laughs> did I do it? I did it. Yay. Okay. Um, that, every time you say that, it reminds me of the hash slinging slasher. <laughs> Were you going to make a point about the football game? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say that first. Okay. Oh, that's but good. You guys said, let's talk about the Big 12. So, that's huh? true. She said, let's talk about the big Just, oh. like, in general. In general. Games, the day well, started with the Red River River. Yeah, let's start there. Yeah, let's do it. We predicted that this game was going to be a battle of two meh teams. And it really was. Mm-hmm. They're both just meh. Uh-huh. And it ended up going to overtime because sometimes two meh teams playing each other are better. It went to four overtimes. I'm sorry, it went to four. Not one overtime, four <laughs> overtimes. Don't know where I was for the other three. Only remember the last one. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk Big Twelve. Big Twelve football. I feel bad for consistently making fun of the Big Twelve's lack of defense after seeing our outing on Saturday. But who's the real cupcake conference? It's still the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. It's still the Big Twelve. It is, and it's still the Big Twelve. That was that was me saying. There it was are the layers Big to the Big Twelve. There what? There are layers to the Big 12. Yeah. Think of it like 
your different types of cakes. You have like your your like really really bad Big Twelve. Like teams. buy them from Walmart in a plastic. They're smushed a little bit. Yeah. The icing's just like they're stuck probably to the lid. holiday themed, Ooh. like Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. And they have bright ass red frosting on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are like the mini bite sized ones. A little dry with They're the little just... circle sprinkles. Yep. Yeah, that's like your like your Texas Tech, mm. or the teams Kansas that you State. think of. Yeah, the teams that you think of Kansas, where you're like, are they even really in the Big Twelve? What other kind of cupcakes do we have? Then we have like maybe you make them at home out of a box from a box. They're pretty good. You're yeah. a good cook. They're decent. They're not pretty to look at, but yeah, they taste all right. You definitely cannot frost them yourself. You uh-uh. try to use those fancy tips and they come out looking like who even knows what. That's where you have like your your Baylor or your West Virginia, even like your Iowa State Yeah, sometimes gets in there. Peeking and then through. you have your expected quality cupcakes. You buy them from like a cupcake shop and you think they're going to be good. They're like... Stuffed, not stuffed. They're filled. Oh, no, yeah, I understand. Oh, they've okay. got like cream filling, and they and, have like, like six inches of icing on there. Uh huh. With but like then, with with spray painted like yes, you stuff. know, yeah. not spray painted, but like <laughs> right. spray right. icing, edible, like edible. air. What is that thing air called? Brushed. Airbrushed <laughs> icing. Yes. But then you get the price tag, and they're twelve dollars. Yes, and that's where the disappointment sets in. And that's how I feel about Texas football. And Oklahoma football. $12 cupcakes. $12 cupcakes. They are. And you know what the thing is? Let's think about it. Let's look at Texas football as a cupcake. It's really pretty. It's orange, and it's got some, like, white cream frosting or something. I'm maybe it's really... filled with custard. Maybe, filled with it's, custard. maybe it's, like, like, a hint of pumpkin. I was thinking, like, mm-hmm. lemon zest. Or not lemon zest, more orange like, zest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Zesty. I'm thinking, it's not really okay. you got, You're in the fall vibes. but I'm I in the fall vibes right now because it's literally it's, October. It's beautiful. But I understand I agree with the orange more. Right. Oh, my God. I just said it normal. Orange. <laughs> you have Sam Ellinger. Heisman, conversation, He's the cup custard in the middle of the He's cupcake. He's the custard in the middle. You have three top ten recruiting classes. Sprinkles. Just all over the top of it. Maybe, like, glittery sprinkles. I don't even know if that's a thing, but they're on there. <laughs> and then you have Tom Herman. And that's the $12 price tag. That's the part where you're like, I don't like this anymore. This isn't good. It's actually quite bad. $12 cupcakes. $12, $12 cupcakes. Oklahoma is fighting for to be recognized as a $12 cupcake, but I don't think they're... They're not there. Yeah. They, they're still a make-it-at-home type of cupcake. And if they ever deserve right. to be called a $12 cupcake, we will give them that recognition. <laughs> Oklahoma is like the $12 cupcake, but it's been there for so long that it's on clearance. <laughs> it's a little dry out. <laughs> I feel like Oklahoma historically is a $12 cupcake. Right. But this year, they're just, they're, they're sitting at home. They really are. In a box waiting to be made. They got downgraded. They That's did. Tough. No, they were they were It's the, like when they had a high school. They were the twelve dollar cupcake that your <laughs> like dad <last> year. <laughs> They were the twelve dollar cupcake that their dad bought for you and then mailed to you and then it got moldy. Ooh. 
And you couldn't eat it. Yeah. Does that happen to people? That, that happened, happened to Emily to with twice. bagels. Oh, I was like, Q male cupcakes. My dad tried to send me bagels twice, and Aww. it just didn't work out. The Frank thing about out, Oklahoma, I your your efforts. Yeah, the thing about Oklahoma being a cupcake is, I think they embody the twelve dollar cupcake lifestyle because they really are a high standard within their own conference, and then they get out of the conference and they get. Obliterated, like in the semifinal last year. Yeah, what a time. All right, let's move on from... Cupcake Conference to... Uh, Well, here's the thing. We have to talk about the SEC. Yeah. And this week, I think the SEC took a a page out of the Big 12's playbook. It was a little rough. It was embarrassing. The SEC has always been good at defense. Until, until I really until don't know Saturday. What um, yeah. <laughs> well, um, sort of, because we gave up what? What? How many points did we give up? Forty-eight. Forty-eight points. That's a lot of points. Yeah. It's the most we but, gave up the most yards in Alabama history. Yeah. But Kentucky held Mississippi State to two points. So make that one make sense. I don't know. You want to hear something that's just a little wild to me? Yes. KJ Costello, since we're, let's talk Kentucky, Mississippi State and just break it down really quick because it's not going to be a big breakdown. There's not much to break down. KJ Costello, yeah, there's not much to break down because Mississippi State had two whole points. One more time I'm going to say it. KJ Costello beat LSU, had a great performance. He looked good. People were like, hmm, maybe we should throw him into the Heisman talks. And then they played... Kentucky, Kentucky, which, excuse me, he threw for 232 yards. His completion ratio was 36 for 55. He threw four interceptions. Jeez. Uh, Does Mississippi State have a running game? Does Mississippi State have an offense? Well, they did against against LSU. Yeah, hold on. (laughs) Or, 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 seals, guys. Mississippi State doesn't have an offense, Uh but they did against LSU because LSU does not have a defense. Right, but that, if we're saying that, then we're also saying that Kentucky's defense is significantly better than LSU's. LSU's, Which, honestly, who knows this year? Honestly, it could be. Okay, so looking at Mississippi State's offense. They had a running back that had seven carries for 17 yards and a receiver that was our top run- rusher, and their top receiver had 15 receptions for 79 yards, which aren't horrible. They're not, like, garbage numbers. Right. However, oh, I lied. That was the same guy. Oh. Okay, so really they just didn't look good. And I think they might have just been, like, coming off a high. Here's the thing. Here's here's my thing. Mississippi State, we didn't actually watch this game. They must have, like, drove all the way down the field and then intercepted the ball. Because right. their total yards in the game was 295, while Kentucky only had 157. And Mississippi State's total possession time was over 34 minutes, where Kentucky's was only around 25. That's, okay, that also reminds me of us in a way because we run offense really quickly and all the other teams always have right but it's the yards it's the yards alabama probably doesn't have a high like time of possession total 
but we're still we going to have, like, double 600 teams. yards of total offense. Mississippi mm. State doubled Kentucky's total yardage and still lost 24-2. to two. So they two literally points. had to get, like, all the way down the field and then turn over the ball. Yeah. All right, so we talked, Ella, or we hypothetically compared LSU and Kentucky. That matchup is not happening this year. But if it were, how would we feel about it? Because I feel like Kentucky would beat LSU. Mm, LSU lost to Missouri this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, I'm I'm going to go with Kentucky, which is really sad because you guys know how I feel about LSU. Yeah. They're just really, really bad. They are now 1-2 after losing 45-41 to Mizzou. Mm-hmm. And that game ended wonderfully. I didn't want them to win, and they didn't. And so that made me happy. I remember watching it on TV, um, and it was a wonderful end to a wonderful game. Except it was just bad football, but, you know. The thing about the SEC this past week is that it literally... Was painful. ...looked like the Big 12. Miles Brennan, again, a quarterback performance, he didn't look... I mean, he didn't look stellar, but he had over 400 yards and he had four touchdowns. And they still lost. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, both quarterbacks in that game had over 400 yards. Both had four touchdowns. Both's completion percentage was pretty decent. It just literally came down to... Defense? They weren't making stops. Missouri had three turnovers... And the, the LSU didn't have any turnovers. Yeah. I think the word of the week for the SEC people, defense. <laughs> All right. What other matchups? Arkansas-Auburn. Okay. Here's my thing. Auburn-Jesus came out in full force. Just came can you, out. Can you explain to the non-SEC yes. folks what Auburn-Jesus is? Auburn-Jesus is this mythical being that we talk about within SEC football because... Throughout the years, and I mean many, many years, Auburn just somehow has this luck, this ability to just have calls go their way consistently, the weirdest fluke plays go their way. I will not bring up kick six, let's keep talking. I just, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And this happened to Auburn in this game. Mm-hmm. Because, literally, looked up the rules of college football, looked, looked the rules up earlier, Bo Nix, who I won't go into too much because I have strong feelings that aren't very positive. <laughs> Bo Nix, hold on, my brain's blanking. What did he do? He, he spiked, spiked it. the ball. Oh, Bo Nix fumbled the snap and attempted to spike the football, right? Uh huh. You can't do that. You just can't. If it's not, ha- if the snap isn't like clearly, Clean. cleanly, yeah. If the snap isn't cleanly handled. Because didn't okay. the center like snap it like basically yeah. off his own butt? And then but Nix. Oh, but listen. But listen. But wait, there's more. A- Arkansas, you know, because they know the rules of football, fell on the ball thinking the game is over. Well, then out of nowhere, the refs come in and they're like, no, no, no. It's it's just intentional grounding, actually, because, you know, we've received a vision and from, from Auburn Jesus, and now we're just going to change the rules of college football real quick to make sure that Auburn wins this game. Okay? They rule it intentional grounding. So, the ball is dead, and it doesn't matter that Arkansas fell on it and recovered it. It should have been Arkansas. So, then ball. guess what? Again, 
Auburn Jesus comes in with their little angel kicker who never misses. Lines it up right down the middle. Auburn wins. I was disappointed. I was so I was so mad because we literally, literally, yeah, first of all, I hate Auburn. It was a 39-yard field goal. 39, wow, must be nice. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't, I'm gonna start crying. Okay, so, so should we should we move on from touchdown, from Auburn Jesus? Oh my god, that's where Auburn Jesus comes from. <laughs> what connection are we making? Touchdown Jesus. Yeah. Like the Notre Dame thing. Yeah. I did not understand the Auburn Jesus thing. Yeah. What's our segue? What's next? I can't tell you that I know what touchdown Jesus is, but I can tell you what defense Jesus is, but I really don't know where he was this weekend for the Alabama football game. So, I really don't have many comments about Alabama football this week, except for the fact that I have a million. Offensively, just nothing bad to say. Perfect. Perfect. Beautiful. They looked good. Mac Jones threw for... A bajillion four hundred. Oh, that's a lot. Uh huh. Uh huh. What was his completion ratio? Probably perfect. Twenty-eight to thirty-two. He had four incompletions. That's crazy. He almost threw an interception. Want to know something really wild? Twenty-eight for thirty-two was the first game that Tua was out out, and Mac Jones had to start. That was his completion ratio going Auburn? into that game. Oh, going into that game. I talked about Mac Jones on the podcast last week and just his improvements, and he just looks so good. Plus, you give him Jalen Waddle, you give him John Mechie, you give him Devontae Smith. You give him Robinson Jr. You give Najee? him Najee Harris. Sweet baby Jesus Najee? Here's the thing. It wasn't all sunshine and it wasn't all rainbows. Because we let Ole Miss Ole Piss. score 48 points. Here's the thing. We can talk about Matt, Mac. I almost called him Matt Jones. There was one time Nick Saban did a post-game interview and he <laughs> Listen, called him Matt Jones, Jones about a million Listen, times. we can talk about Jack Moans however however long we want to. Go back to the intro episode. The thing is Cat Morrill or Matt Coral, old Mrs. Quarterback, which Noted. by the way I literally had to look up what his first name was. Noted quarterback. 365 Corral. yards, two touchdowns, 21 for 28. Where... Was the defense? Alabama. Here's the thing. Oh. There was none coming there into this season. Alabama's none. defense was in conversations to be one of the best defenses in the country. Right. <laughs> and now we're here. Here's my thing. First of all, I have two points to make. Point one: Alabama somehow just like picks the most random games to make the most average quarterbacks look. Like Heisman contenders. We did Matt it last Cole. year with Bo Nix. We did it this week with Golden Corral. <laughs> okay, listen. I can't stand it. He's not good. Not good. But my second point is actually a question. Now we're asking questions. It's fine. To you two. I like questions. Is it Pete Golding or is it the execution? I think it's both. All right. Because Pete Golding... Horrible play calling. I'm just going to say it now. But also, with the plays he was calling, we weren't doing them. I think it comes down to his play calling was not fantastic. But when you're trying to, and I was saying it the whole game, and I kept yelling at the TV, wrap them up, wrap them up. You cannot body slam everybody into next week. Mm -hmm. It's 
guys are getting bigger and guys are getting stronger and if you have a running back who's larger than you your only option is to wrap him up especially when it gets into the backfield and you have your safeties that are trying to make those tackles you can't afford to literally throw your body weight into him and hope he steps out of bounds i just don't understand the mindset of our defense that late in the game where obviously that wasn't working, so why don't you try something else? I think it I think it really is a combination of what you guys said. Pete Golding doesn't have the in game management that we're like used to other defensive coordinators having. I mean, he just doesn't he literally just doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. And so that makes such a difference because that's why the adjustments aren't happening. Is because it's not I don't even know. I don't even think that it's that he doesn't know how to do it. I just think that he doesn't know when to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree with you there. And, like, there was this one play. I remember specific, in, in specifically. I remember specifically where we had finally maybe gotten a stop, and then all of a sudden they were down the field. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, how do you get them to basically the ground? And then they're... 50 yards away. I have the answer. Sort what? of. What is the answer, Mom? Kind of hurry up offense. Yeah, they no did. Miss. They no huddle. Yeah, that's they, what. Yes, I, that's what I think made the biggest difference this past week is that the play calling might not have been great, but when the defensive communication is so off that we're not even ready for the play and almost is snapping the ball, mm-hmm. like of course they're gonna, you know. Yeah. It was a combination of the fact that Mac Jones and Najee Harris and Devontae Smith and all of them did look so good this past week mm-hmm. and they were literally storming down the field and drives were taking maybe three minutes. And then the defense had to play against the no huddle offense. Mm-hmm. They weren't getting any breaks. They were right. sitting on the sideline for three minutes while the offense ran down the field, scored a touchdown, right. kicked a field goal. There was a two minute commercial, and then they came back and which had to be on the field again. Which is part of playing football, but also we were just gone for six months, mm-hmm. and this is the third game of the season. And if you would just communicate better, you might not have to worry about. And again, it, I to re- that extent, I revert yeah. to. During the third quarter, at the end of the third quarter, when you're still getting beat to the snap, how do you not do something about it? Right. And that goes, that falls back on the defensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest, during the game, I was, I was laying it in on Pete Golding. I'd like to apologize to Pete for some of the things that I said about him. But then again, do better. Well, it's, I don't know. Nick Saban came out and said that he thinks execution is the problem. And, like, I know he's going to have his staff's back, but also I trust him. Mm-hmm. So I think that that probably did make the biggest difference is we just weren't executing what they know because we know our defense is so much better than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll give them another shot. We know they should have been a lot better. We also didn't mention one thing about Ole Miss that I feel like is uh, pretty relevant. Mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin's their head coach now. That's true. And he's not a bad head coach. Mm-hmm. No. He's not a bad coach at all. Like, yeah, personality-wise, he definitely, you know, could tighten it up a little bit. But, like, he's a good head coach, and he deserves that position. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we – I don't think that Alabama gave him enough credit after the game for how good their offense was. Yeah. I do want to say, before we move on from this – painful conversation of lack of defense in the SEC. Alabama's total yardage on Saturday was 723. And the teams combined for 68 first downs. 
that's insane i think i'm pretty sure they set a record for total yards oh okay a total of 1370 yards and a combined 111 points both sec records 111 freaking points in a football game there was an Miss alabama game recently that like had 105 total points in it basketball game <laughs> great okay let's i can't Nate Oates, want to go to our football yeah, game Nate no, Oates, what are you doing on saturday all right, we we've taught we've exhausted the thought. It's Nato's birthday SEC today. Football. It is it Nato's is. birthday today. Happy birthday, Nato! Do we want to wrap up the college football conversation with our Heisman candidates? Yes. Um, yeah. It was a question that we got for our question segment, but we were going to talk about it anyway. So let's talk the Heisman Trophy. Kennedy so, has. Ooh, sorry, Kennedy has qualms with the Heisman Trophy. I do. Molly has the same qualms. I was about to say, I, I think guess we have I, the same yeah, issue. I kind of have the same qualms, but I don't know. I, I, I'm a recent football fan, so <laughs> they're not really much, much of a qualm for me. The Heisman, the thing is, the Heisman Trophy is supposed to be the best athlete in college football. The best college football player of that year. It is not supposed to be the best quarterback in college football that year. It frustrates me that it's gotten to that point, and I think that the fact that there have been players in the past, in the recent past, that are, weren't quarterbacks makes me want to get back to that. There's been one player all time, one player all time, that won a Heisman on the defensive side of the ball, which I'm not saying that they're, like, I'm not going to come out and be like, yes, right now there is a who even knows a left tackle for no well, last year there was well, not left tackle my, yeah. that's not defense right I mean my thing is I don't I I wish more defensive players would win the Heisman like with everything in me because I'm such a like defensive minded person when I watch football mm-hmm. I think Jonathan Allen should have won the Heisman his senior or his last year here. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's become a quarterback award, and that's why we have issues with it. So, let's talk about all the quarterbacks that we think are going to win the Heisman. Listen, yeah, my, after my that Heisman whole can, rant, My Heisman right. candidate is Heisman? not a quarterback. My Heis, I said Heisman. Listen, I don't know, but <laughs> if I had to nominate someone, people, Well, just give me your analysis. My analysis, I was thinking about this today because after you guys were talking to me about how you didn't want it to be a quarterback award, I was like, let me not nominate a quarterback and let me give some reasons why. You know, learning. So, you talked to me about Jalen Waddell today. And I think that he's a good candidate for the Heisman because he consistently, every year, is just, like, great. He consistently, you don't really get a, get guys that often, I don't think, that for the three years they've been playing have had a bajillion different quarterbacks to learn to play with. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, he consistently does what he does and is so successful at what he what his jobs are on the field with the last three quarterbacks we've had in the last three years. And I think that, like, that just shows who he is as a player and how successful he can be going to the pros at some point. And I think that winning the Heisman, I, he's my Heisman candidate. Well, I'll give you a little nugget, mm-hmm. a little insight into it. He is top ten for Heisman mm-hmm. odds right now. Thank you. And let me say again for Jalen Waddle. Because not only were the quarterbacks 
different people. They were completely different players. All three of the last three quarterbacks completely different types of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They all came out of the same program, but you wouldn't even really know that. Yeah, yeah and I think, like, just that shows a lot about... They were also even, different not even coaches Yeah, mm-hmm. with exactly. all of these quarterbacks. And I, So it's, like, yeah. a completely different system. So I think, I think that's also why. Just because he's able to shift his game based on his team. Right. I have... There are three people that I wrote down to talk about. The first two are Mac Jones and Najee. He... He was the first player to have 200 rushing yards and five touchdowns in a game this season. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's ridiculous. I think it's happened like it's happened like once for once a season for the past three seasons. Like it just isn't something that happens often. I think that, and it's probably because I am a biased Alabama fan, but watching Najee's progression and watching him stick it out and honestly just like bloom into the player that he is. Personally, that's why I am leaning towards him for Heisman consideration. Um, And then we have Mac Jones, which I'm not going to go too much into because I did talk about him a lot last week and a little bit earlier. But I am glad that he is getting the Heisman consideration that he deserves because he's very good. Like, accurate-wise, accurate-wise? Accuracy. That was stupid. (laughs) He is an incredibly accurate passer and... His deep ball. Something to behold. But then I have to talk about Trevor Lawrence. And I don't want to talk about Trevor Lawrence, but he has the best odds to win the Heisman right now on most of the books. And I have one note for Trevor Lawrence. Stop being a baby. Well, it just says, eh. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. I think that Trevor Lawrence is in the Heisman consideration. Because he plays for Clemson. I think Trevor Lawrence is in the Heisman consideration because he has been for the last three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, the only reason people still I understand. Yeah. around. I understand that you can make the same argument for Mac Jones because he plays for Alabama, but then again, look at the numbers that he's putting up. Look at his QBR. Like, it's really good. And, and I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence isn't putting up good numbers, but I'm just saying... Maybe I just don't like the Clemson. The thing for me is I really think... I had a conversation with someone, I think Dom about this the other day. Shout out to Dom. I think the Heisman Trophy should also be about what kind of person you are, Mm. both on and off the field. And, like, it is a little bit something that they consider, but when you, like, really sit down, like, if you're a Heisman voter, how much are you really thinking about, like, what kind of person? It's just not the focus of the Right, it's not what you really think about. My thing is... Mac Jones, if I had to choose between Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones would get my vote because he's fun to watch. Yeah. I don't know if tre- Trevor Lawrence Too many people make of- fun of Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> he's so easy to just make fun he of. He really is. He reminds me of, like, Tom Brady or, like... I don't know why that makes sense, but it does. Peyton Manning... Or, like, uh, he just gives off the vibe where he's on a football field, he means business, he's here, he's not going to smile, he's not going to laugh, he's going to have fun, but, like, not really have fun. Right. And I don't, that's not what I want my Heisman Trophy winner, that's not my Heisman Trophy winner. I want my Heisman Trophy winner to be a fun dude and be somebody that I want to... Mm-hmm. be around because it goes into the fact that like the Heisman Trophy is like a legacy sort of deal like imagine Trevor Lawrence in the Heisman House commercials 
No. no. Imagine Mac Jones in the Heisman House commercials. Yeah, that would. Or Mac Nagy. Jones with Baker Mayfield in the Heisman Dude, House commercials. That's so funny. It would be fun. You know what? Like, you know what I like, just imagine, realized? Like, imagine Trevor Lawrence in the commercial that Baker Mayfield's doing this year. They'd be like, oh, ha-ha, just cut know. your hair or something. Oh, ha-ha. Where he gets, like, locked out of the house. He'd probably cry. Yeah. Oh, he looks like a crier. He's definitely he is a, a crier. No, he you know got that motherfucker thrown out of the game you know because what? he decided to stay on the ground when he wasn't actually hurt. I know everyone does that, but... Quick segue. Bye. He... I would have gotten thrown out. They got... My Miami, who who was it? Do no idea. A Miami defender got thrown out of the game for targeting because it was Trevor Lawrence. And that's it. That is the only reason. Grow up, you play football. Like, right. okay, if it actually hurt, I'd understand. But also, no, I wouldn't because it wasn't targeting. Here we go. A quick little blurb from a, flo- a local Florida newspaper about Manny Diaz. He was really upset about the call. It says, Diaz said there was no malintent when senior safety Amari Carter hit Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence as he slid at the end of the scramble in the first half Saturday. Or, which is the second one is the one we're talking about, when striker Keontra Smith delivered a blow to Lawrence's body on a second half throw from the pocket. So he was in the pocket. Right. He was totally vulnerable. He got hit in maybe the ribs. The only reason... I think it was called targeting is because he kind of maybe led with his head a little bit. Yeah, but... And maybe I could be totally wrong. Is that just physics of running? Well, isn't targeting, like, the, the, like, basis for the targeting call was head-to-head contact? Mm -hmm. So my thing is, like, maybe they call it, like... Maybe they call it unnecessary roughness. Like, it was just... It was just a hard hit. But There's the only no... reason it was called targeting, and the only reason that they reviewed it and up like they held the targeting call, is because it happened to crybaby bitch boy Trevor Lawrence. Speaking of Miami, my Heisman Trophy nominees. Let's start with Derek King, who is the quarterback at Miami. Going into this game. I was really excited. He has always he's a Heisman contending quarterback. There were two Heisman contending quarterbacks going into this game. It was going to be one of the literal games of the year. I'm going to be honest, he didn't look great. No. His name is still in the conversations. I don't know where he falls right now, but I think that he still deserves the recognition that he he still deserves recognition. He is an athlete, and that's what I like about him. He is the only quarterback in college football right now who has a kick return for a touchdown somewhere down in his stat sheet. Like I said, he's an athlete. He's a big dude. He's got a lot to him, and he's got a lot of talent. My other Heisman contender is not a quarterback, and I did talk about him a little bit last week because he has my favorite name in college football. Chuba Hubbard has been in the conversation since the beginning of the year, and he kind of fell off the wagon. Last year, he rushed for, like, over 3,000 yards. 3,000? 2,000? I think it was just shy of 3,000 yards last year. And he is really impressive to watch. I said last week that his name falls at the top of the stat sheet almost every week, and that's because he is Oklahoma State's leading rusher every week. He looks good. He's a big dude. He's 6 feet, 208 pounds, so he's... Got some size to him, got some weight to him. He can run through some bodies if he needs to. And I think it would be fun to see him in the t- 
in the conversation more because he's not a quarterback. And I like when we can talk about the Heisman Trophy as if it's not a quarterback award. So, going back to what you said a few minutes ago about how you wish that the Heisman was more about, like, maybe on-field presence or just, like, who you are off the field as a person. Uh-huh. I think you picked two really great people to, like, follow that narrative. Because both of these guys off the field are incredible people. Mm-hmm. Listening to the ESPN Daily podcast about Derek, like, gave me a glimpse into, like, what kind of life he's had, and he's mm-hmm. just, like, a really good yeah. person. The youngest yeah. of four, he started his college career at Houston because he wanted... He's from Houston, and he wanted to be, like, that hometown hero who sort of... Mm-hmm. person that like the local kids look up to all right that's college football let's talk segueing out of college football top and bottom performances of the week what are we thinking my top performance of the week is Najee Harris we touched upon his stats for the week a little bit but let's just like run it down for a moment he had 206 rushing yards for five touchdowns and three receptions for 42 yards. The kid just killed it this weekend. You don't see that happen very often, like Molly touched on before. But that was just basically my top performance of the week. There's not much else to say except for the fact that he literally had an amazing game. Yeah, he looked really good out there. Molly, what do you got? Top performance. Well, just going to go on brand for a little bit. And we're going to talk about the Braves because... I really just, I really can't go more than 30 minutes probably without bringing up the Braves, especially with what's going on right now. Freddie Freeman looks wonderful, as he does. What a man. MV-free, as they say, but apparently I can't say. Just want to highlight our pitching once more. Max Freed pitched a gym. He is perfect. It might die for him. Probably would. All right, my top performance of the week. I don't... I made this joke earlier last week, and I didn't actually, like, nothing in my head. I can't say anything else except North Carolina's uniforms from this weekend. Mm. Molly didn't like them. She said they were ugly. But they were just, they were so clean, and I'm, it's the navy blue with the North, it's with the Carolina blue. Okay, bottom performance. Bottom performance of the week. Um, so we already talked about the Bama defense, so that was just bad. But I'll pick a different thing. I just have to go with Yankees baseball, like just because I'm sad about it. Like n- nothing pains me more than to put them as my bottom performance because they're amazing and I love them. But they just, I don't. Okay, let's talk about it for a second. Um, specifically the last game, Game 5, of the uh, ALDS against the Rays. It was just like, they came so close, but yet they were so far. The game was tied 1-1 until the bottom of the 8th, when Araldis Chapman comes up to, comes up to pitch. Listen, the guy's not a bad pitcher. He just, the past two years, I think, he just choked. I wouldn't say completely choked because it's just one pitch that ends it all. There was just, like, in that game, there were just a couple of errors. It wasn't the Yankee team that we're used to seeing this year. One, because there was only one run. Yes, it was Aaron Judge, but, like, there are a couple of defensive errors and... 
And I think just in the end, like we just couldn't pull it out. I, I thought that. of my uh, your you bottom, your bottom my bottom performance of the week. It's not so much a performance, but more. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what to call it. I don't even know how to describe how I feel about this, but I just know it was bad. Game one of the NLCS. We have Max Fried pitching. The Dodgers have Walker Bueller pitching, which, first of all, I really like his name, and he went to Vanderbilt. He's a Vandy boy, so he's good. But he comes out in pants that could have been painted on, for all we know. So Justin Verlander wears his pants. Like, the boy's wearing a medium-sized pants when he needs a large. <laughs> medium? Maybe. I mean, like, he's not a big boy, but these pants were so tight. Just unbelievably tight. Did Hold he on. rip his pants? Is your bottom performance Walker Bueller's pants? Yes! <laughs> no, this tweet. This tweet. I think I cried laughing. Walker Bueller's pants are like a cheap hotel. <laughs> Ready? No ballroom. Please answer go, my question. Go check out our Twitter um, to see the picture of Walker Bueller's we'll tweet pants. right when we're done recording here. <laughs> All right, so every week we're going to be li- listening to what you have to say, what you want to know. So if you follow us on Instagram or Twitter, which we will tell you those handles here in a little bit, but if you follow us on any of those platforms or even just have a question for us that you want us to answer on our show, we will be posting Instagram stories. You can always tweet us or DM us on any of our platforms, post on our our, our Facebook feed, if you still use Facebook, that is. So we have a lot of questions that we already covered this week, mm-hmm. I don't think Emily and Molly have really taken a look at the questions. <laughs> I have so no idea what I'm about to be we're just I looked at them, them but I do there. not remember them. We're, I'm just going to throw them out there. We're going to skip the ones that we already talked about. So we got asked about Heisman candidates. When is the SEC going to start playing defense? That Did was my Arkansas dad's question, get too. screwed? Yeah. The whole nine yards. What's wrong with Alabama's defense? We got asked about college football defense a lot. That's kind of why we tackled college football this week. However... We did get asked. The first question, let's start with this one. The question is... Is it for me? What is sports, and why should I like it? (laughs) Well, sports. sports. No, I could be really funny and be like, oh, you know, it's just enjoyable, but, like, sports is what brought me my friends. Wow, that's so wholesome. And like, and it's weird because I like to admit something to this podcast. I was in the band in high school. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of friends, but I specifically remember I was in fifth grade, and it was the 2009 national championship, and I like made a ton of friends that year because I was able to talk about sports with like other guys or like girls in my grade, and so like that's just kind of how I learned to make friends was like via sports. So that's why I think you should watch sports because it's wholesome, it's enjoyable, but it also brought me friends. Sports are what make me happy. Not only like watching sports, but mostly when I was younger was playing sports because I didn't start really, other than watching baseball, I didn't really watch any sports until a few years ago. But like I, I always knew what sports were and I know the rules of sports because I played them. Sports is what made me, I guess, also make friends. Like it was just sports was my social life because all I did was sports. I had practice sometimes. I was on two basketball teams and I was diving during the winter. So every single day I had at least one practice and then I would go either to another basketball practice and then sorry. 
whoa, I would, in the winter, go from, like, championships for diving to a basketball workout to then, like, maybe another basketball workout, or I'd just have practice to go to ba- go to diving practice. Like, I was doing sports at all times, all the time, after school, and since third grade until I got to college, I was playing sports basically every single day in some way, shape, or form, so I think just, like, sports took over my whole life, and I love it them so much. I think for me, sports has always connected me to my family. It was kind of what we did. I grew up going to the big house and skipping school on opening day of Major League Baseball and doing all the things around the state of Michigan with, like, different teams and stuff. But to me, what are sports? Sports are a bunch of really talented men and women who have these really awesome skills that they get to show the world. But to me, they're more than just their talent. They're people, and they have stories. And my favorite thing about sports is getting to learn the stories behind Chuba Hubbard and behind Deere King and the fact that Manny Diaz was a production assistant at ESPN before he was the head coach at Miami. And learning those stories, learning that Nick Saban almost wasn't a college football coach. He did not want to be a college football coach. He wanted to go back to West Virginia and run his father's gas station. So it's learning all of those things and being able to tell those stories and learn, just learning new things every day. I think sports has always been an escape from the world for me, but not because I just get to watch a game and like watch People hit home runs and shoot three-pointers and kick field goals. It's learning the stories that they tell in the breaks that most people hate. That's my favorite part of, of sports and games of all kinds because you get to learn something about somebody and learn that they're more than just stats and numbers. And it's what I want to do with my life, and it's where I want to go in the future and I want to be able to tell stories and show the rest of the world the stories that I know and so for me sports are it's like knowing another language being able to talk to someone about a QBR or a batting average or literally any stat under the sun but also being able to then look at those numbers and say but Mike Trout is also a really good guy. And that's what it is to me. It's a community that helps you escape from the rest of the world and helps you talk with people you might not necessarily have talked to before. Like Molly said, she became friends with these people because she was able to talk about football with them. And so for me, it's more than just sitting down and watching a game and eating wings and drinking beer. It's being, able to be, it's being able to build connections and learn something about somebody else that helps you escape the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, going back to what you said about, like, how your, how sports have connected you, you with your family, I feel like I'm the only sibling of, like, my, me and my siblings that actually cares about sports. Like, my brother ran track and he played soccer, but he doesn't really watch anything except for soccer. Mm-hmm. And in that case, it's the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, sports was always the one thing that I would go down to the basement and I would just, like, watch whatever sport was on with my dad and, and 
Like, I just feel like me and my dad have a good relationship, and I think sports had a lot to do with that, just because, like, it's something that we can relate to mm-hmm. each other with. All right, let's... Last question. How many Bama players do you see going in the first round of next year's draft? At least five. We have to think about who's draft eligible. So, Mac Jones, I could see being maybe a late first round pick if there's a team out there who really needs so a quarterback that they can build to be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, my only argument, I definitely think that's possible. My only argument against or the only reason why I think Mac Jones might not go in the first round is we'll have to see how he continues to progress for the mm-hmm. rest of this year. But also, there's already a surplus of quarterbacks in the NFL. Not that they're all good, but they're uh, the draft class have just been loaded. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting just to see where he falls within the draft class and yeah. how that like impacts it. But I definitely think if he goes in the first round, it's towards the end, like you said. And I also think, like, if he stays in the Heisman conversation, which I think he will. Yeah. Like, he'll get more recognition for yeah. that. I think Devontae Smith goes. Yeah, he goes. Devontae, well, not even I think Devontae Smith goes. He Devontae is, Smith senior. goes. Yeah. yeah. He's going. He, okay, here's the thing about Devontae Smith. He's a little dude. He's a literal? Little, little. dude. I think he's a literal dude. I was like, uh, yeah. No, he's a little dude, but he is good. Mm-hmm. So freaking talented. And I think... There are teams who need, especially because you said that quarter. There's a surplus of quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. People need receivers for those quarterbacks to throw right. to. People need running backs for those pe- those quarterbacks to utilize. So I think Devontae Smith is a good option for a team like God, who's in a rebuilding year. Giants. Every, everybody. <laughs> Everyone ever. If Daniel Jones needs a receiver, I can't tell you much about the Giants' offense right now, but if Daniel Jones needs a receiver, receiver, I don't think Devontae Smith is a bad option. Um, I think Najee goes. I think Jalen Waddle goes. Oh, Jalen Waddle. I don't know what was about to come out of my mouth. <laughs> I was just agreeing with you. I definitely think Jalen Waddle goes, and I and think Jalen Waddle goes top for, ten. Yeah, yeah. For, I agree. I also think Dylan Moses finally gets to go. Right. How do we feel? Alex Leatherwood term. definitely goes this year. He oh, for sure. Chose to play his senior season. I think he's a first round pick. He's a big dude. He's definitely, definitely middle first, first round. round. Yeah. Who else is? Uh, Patrick Sertan. Yeah. Is eligible. I think, I think he has a good chance to go first round. Yeah. So talk to us in a few weeks about how many Alabama players will be going in this year's draft. But in a few some, weeks. Somewhere somewhere between zero and not even zero. There's at least one in Somewhere there. between one and like one hundred. <laughs> somewhere between one and thirty guys. So uh Yeah. Well, um, I think that brings us to the end of this week's podcast, everyone. Shall we plug? Let's do it. So you can follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and like our page on Facebook. And that's where you can ask us your questions for us to app. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And that's where you can ask us your questions for us to answer on the show. Our Instagram is Thursdays FTG Podcast. Twitter is Thursdays FTG. And our Facebook page is Thursdays are for the girls. 
I think we had a really fun talk this week. Yeah. I think we were successful. I, for one, have social medias. I don't know if you all do. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at em.valerio. Figure out how to spell that. My Twitter is at isn't underscore Emily. And I have a YouTube channel. Subscribe to me there. I'll be posting videos soon, I hope. Uh, I have Twitter. You can follow me there at Molly J. Gardner. That's it. I mean, you can find me on other social media platforms, but I'm not very active. Mostly just Twitter. Oh, look out for a um, Taftga TikTok coming your way soon. It'll be announced on our other social media platforms. We just told you what they were. So follow us there for some more updates. Can any- oh my gosh, wait. No, we can't keep going because you know who I didn't speak once about. <gasps> Bojuro. Bojuro. I did. You did. Here's my thing. Still love him. They lost Still him. Still love That's that guy. Great. Yeah. Being, being cool. They're so bad. Sorry, Joe. Your team sucks. Joey but B. you don't. Joey B. My God. All right. Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> so my Twitter, I tweet significantly less about Joe Burrow than Molly does, <laughs> is Kennedy Nicole 90 and my Instagram is Kennedy Police. So yeah, thank you for listening to us. I will say wherever you may be listening, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a follow and like this episode and leave us, us a review and leave us a rating and do all of the things because that's how we know what you all are liking. And send us not only questions, but topics you want us to talk about because we're going to get into some fun activities coming up soon. So I'm really excited about that, but... Yeah, I um, really hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we'll come back at you next week with a new one. So see you then. Bye. Sports. Anyone? Molly wasn't looking. I'm so sorry. I was tweeting <laughs> about Joe Burrow. <laughs> I like that. And that's the wrap, everybody. <laughs> oh my God, you were counting down. <laughs> We should do it.